Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to Source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hi, little lambs. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi, also known as Spirit Sis. I am just going to get right into the episode today because I have the best guest. We have Emily Steinis. She knows a thing or two about self-love and self-care. She is an expert. So welcome, Em of Boop Bod. Hello. How are you? I am so good. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to be here. I also just need to say the hello lambs, like all of your little nicknames, I like so resonate with and I I love every time popping on and hearing what what <laughs> term of endearment you're going to use. Today felt like a little lamb type day. Love it. It's, we need to be gentle with ourselves. And that's what we're going to talk about, loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves, which is a theme in cancer season, but in general. So anyway, let's introduce you to the audience. Can you tell us your top three in your astrology chart? Yes. So my sun is in Pisces, my moon is in Pisces, and then um, rising is Libra. Okay. So did you know you were born on a new moon? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's amazing. I was looking at your chart before we popped on. Yeah, you were born on a Pisces new moon. Oh my gosh. How crazy. Yeah, your moon is in nine degrees and your sun is in eight degrees. So you were literally born on the day at the moment of the new moon, essentially. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Which is really cool because we're going to be talking about rituals and things. And with new moon and full moon, rituals are very important, but especially new beginnings and just like really getting into new structures of things. And with Pisces, that rules spirituality and creativity, which is something you're expert at. So also, what's your human design? I'm a 4-6 manifester. Oh my gosh. And what's your authority? Emotional. Oh, well, girl, I feel you. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> It's so funny when you and I were talking on Instagram, I was like, she's got to be a manifester. And then I asked you and you're like, yep, I'm a manifester. Because you're so good at initiating things and you're so impactful when you speak. And I think as a manifester, that's really felt on the other end from from people. Mm, I so appreciate you saying that. I know like when I first learned about the whole like to inform, I was like, what? Like very resistant to it. And like, what does that mean? Am I doing that already? Like, how do I do that? So it means a lot. I'm trying to be even more aware of it. Um, and just like, even just in my real, like friendships and like my, my relationship with my husband, like being able to inform before making decisions and all of that. But I really appreciate you saying that it's something I've been like trying to be more conscious of. 
Oh, well, you, you're good at it naturally because like your aura is just like really magnetic. Every time you speak on Instagram and when you use your voice, it's very powerful. I wanted to just brag about you a little bit. <laughs> and I wanted to read off some of your very impressive qualifications. Okay, so you have a Bachelor of Arts in Health and Human Physiology, 500 hours, is that correct? Yes. Of yoga teacher training or, or is it yoga teaching in general? Yeah, it's a 500 hour teacher training like certification. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything for 500 hours. Um, okay. And then you're kettlebell trained, certified. You are an FMS instructor, functional movement, breathwork facilitator, and a holistic health and life coach with a decade of experience. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> So let me ask you, I mean, that is like a lot of, first of all, when I see that someone is so motivated to get all of those certifications, that to me shows that you do love yourself enough to invest in like what what's worth it. So I wanted to ask you, I guess, like, how did you come about like your self-love journey and all and finding all those modalities that you really love to do? Yeah, I feel like, of course, it's been like a long journey. Um, but I think I've always been one to love movement. And I've always been really drawn to truly just any kind of movement being outside. I was in dance, I did like gymnastics, I love doing yoga, like that was kind of where it started. And it was very much because it made me feel good. And then I got into when I got to college, I officially got like my certifications in yoga and kettlebell and I was a personal trainer. And I kind of got like thrown into the thick of the not so lovely health and fitness industry and like diet culture and like bikini bod is the focus. Everyone, you know, trying to look like someone else. And I kind of got like sucked into that and realized like, okay, there's other opinions. It's not people aren't just moving because it feels good and it makes them happy. They're moving because they don't think that who they are and how their body looks is good enough. And they need to change it in order to feel a certain way or to, you know, have a certain type of life or experience or date or whatever that may be. And that became really evident when I was doing more of my teaching and and one-on-one personal training. And then I kind of got sucked into just like the overworking. I was working like 14 hour days, opening a gym at 445, working till close at like 9 PM. I was like working the front desk and doing, making coffees at this place and doing like personal training classes. Like I was all over the place and finally got to a point, hello, where my body literally shut down and I was hospitalized. And it was, that was like my big wake up call of you got to do something. Something's got to change here. Um, And it was literally, I ignored so many signs from my body throughout the last, you know, I I did that for almost five years, like that type of a schedule, which is really mind blowing. And I don't understand. But after that, that's when I like really committed to myself of getting more into my own meditation practice and like essential oil use and um, looking into energy, like our chakras and energy systems and breath work and really diving into that. And I, it just like, I think it was more intuitively like drawn to those things after I was like, okay, this lifestyle, the, just the working out and working out in this this fashion clearly isn't supporting me. So I need some other elements that's going to support my mind and my soul, not just my body. And that's kind of where it evolved. And like, it's just been, you know, evolving even still from that. That was almost probably just under a decade ago. And so I'm still totally on a journey. I definitely don't consider myself like I got it all figured out, but I do feel like I found lots of really powerful practices and rituals to like support my soul and my energy and my like my actual 
not just my physical body, but like my spiritual, mental, emotional body too. Mm, That was such a beautiful story. And I think you hit on some really critical things that we all need to think about, especially coming off of, you know, being quarantined for like almost over a year. You know, I think I would see a lot of stuff on Instagram about people like doing these home workouts and getting fit and things like that. And I was more on this, like, how do I handle this with my mind? And how do I really, really understand what's going on in the world? And as an empath taking on the energy, and I never I felt like moving my body didn't feel good to move my body. So I think that's really beautiful that you almost like bridge the gap between spirituality and moving your body and how moving your body should feel good to you, not because of societal pressure. Because there is so much on that on Instagram. I feel really insecure sometimes. Mm. I guess yoga in a way is kind of spiritual movement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yoga is one of those things. If I had to pick one type of movement to do for the rest of my life, it would hands down be yoga. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. But it is. Yeah. I feel like I've really shifted from the like working out for this end goal. And just, I just would like to say that if you have certain fitness goals and weight loss goals and all of that, like you do you, I think it's also important to check in on what the the motivation and the why behind that is, as opposed to like looking at it if it's because you don't feel like you're good enough now and you need to be that way in order to feel loved or to feel like confident or to again, start dating again or whatever that is for you. Like how can you cultivate that in yourself? now and then show up for your workouts or show up for you know your lifestyle in a way that you're already feeling the self-love the confidence etc which is like my jam and what i love to support people in but yeah back to your yoga question yoga is totally a beautiful blend of the movement and the spirituality and the mindfulness and kind of all of it so i'm a total yoga noob and i was actually i think it was conditioning because i grew up in the mid but you also grew up in midwest didn't you in illinois i did yoga wasn't a big thing in michigan like when i was growing up and i came to california and i remember one of my girlfriends took me to a yoga class and the whole time they were talking about an intention. And I had literally thought that they assigned the intentions before we came to class. And everyone was like, oh, saying these these words. And I felt so disconnected. But I think it was because I wasn't really connected to myself yet. So I guess like when it comes to yoga, what do you suggest for like starting, starting yoga? Because I get very intimidated by those classes and how people move and they're very good. And I, as a man, Jen, it's very hard for me to sit still. <laughs> so what do you recommend as far as like beginning yoga practices and how we can get our spiritual and our body aligned? Mm, I love this question. And I do think it's somewhat individualized based on like who you are and what you want to get out of it. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about yoga is that you have to be flexible in order to do yoga or that it isn't like, it's not a workout. Like I would rather spend my time burning more calories or sweating. And so I'm not going to do yoga. And I would like to like put a kibosh on both of those. Because the first one is if you're not feel like you're not flexible, that is a beautiful reason to start doing yoga, right? Is to increase your flexibility and mobility and range of motion and all of that. So you feel less crunchy throughout your day. I mean, again, like sitting all day and just poor posture. So the flexibility is one. And then the other one, there's so many types of yoga. So you can do more of a restorative type class or a yin, which is very much more like there's a lot of holds and stillness and and yin isn't always super relaxing. It can be kind of uncomfortable, but in a beautiful way. And then there's things all the way to the other end of the spectrum, like Ashtanga or power vinyasa classes, which is you are sweating, you are working really hard. You are like in it. It's kind of the, to me, it's a perfect blend of like the grounding, calming, mindfulness, sweat, 
challenge. Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And then you get the yumminess at the end. It's kind of a beautiful blend. But as far as jumping into a new yoga practice, I think one starting with, you know, you're noticing your breath and starting there, like that is the foundation of every yoga class, um, or at least it should be in my opinion, is, is really making sure you're aware of your breath. And that's the first and most simple way to drop into your body. So like your experience of feeling like maybe it was, I was disconnected from my body. And that's why it was so hard for me to you know, be in that class or to decide what my intention is or to not compare myself to others. We, it's so normal. Like that is the most normal experience and the most common experience. And so when you practice yoga, like stop starting with your breath and dropping into your body in that way. And just kind of taking inventory of like, how am I feeling today? Like no judgment, just kind of this, oh, my shoulders are feeling kind of crunchy. My hips are feeling kind of open, getting, assessing your physical body in that way. And then of course there's different like beginner yoga classes or, um, you know, within my high pub membership, I have variations of degrees. Like there's a beginner flow, there's a let it go flow, which is basically stretching. And then there's things all the way up to like sweaty advanced power flows. But I think breath work and giving yourself space to like drop into your body and being aware of how you're actually feeling in that moment is still an act of yoga. It's like the very foundation of yoga and this idea of like self-awareness and no judgment. Like you're not judging where you're at right now. You're just like, huh, interesting that I'm feeling my neck is really tight today, right? It's like the curiosity versus the shame or the judgment. Oh, you explained that so well. And I love that you brought it back to the simplicity of your breath because that is so, 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 so critical when you're doing anything, you know, even if you're anxiety or if you're stressing during the day and you're trying to run errands, I mean, you just have to be like, hold on. Ooh, breathe. Because <laughs> it's so easy for us to get swept away in that. Yes. And I know you do breath work too. That's another thing that I've had difficulty with. Like if I'm being totally honest with myself, I've done it a few times and I've had amazing spiritual teachers help me. And you know, yoga, I've like gotten around to really loving, really, really loving. But breath work, I feel dizzy. You're basically going to shed light on these things, which I love. But yeah, I feel is being dizzy and feeling uncomfortable very normal for breath work? It is. I love that you're sharing your truth right now. <laughs> it's so true. I'm like, it's hard for me. It's really hard. The breath work that you've done, I assume is more activating. It's more of an active type breath than you're, that's causing you to feel dizzy. Yes. So I did a solstice. I went to a, a solstice uh, like celebration and we did like an hour of breath work. And yeah, I, I was like, I, I remember just w opening my eyes and looking around at everybody and being like, what is going on? I mean, this was literally like uh, not even a year ago. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I was first introduced to breathwork in like a Kundalini class, yoga yes. class, like years and years and years ago. And I remember thinking, like looking around like, this is so awkward. What are we <laughs> doing? This is so weird. Here I am like teaching breathwork now. But yeah, it is absolutely normal to feel lightheaded, to feel dizzy, to go from cold to hot or hot to cold, to feel like tingles, to feel like buzzing in your body. It's to me, it's not the most comfortable always, right? But I think it's really powerful to remind yourself that that is literal physical proof that you're experiencing of your energy shifting, like because of the breath and because of the breath work and the sequencing or the type of breath or the length and duration of the breath, um, it can vary in terms of your experience, of course, and the intention behind it. But the dizziness, the lightheadedness, the, like the headaches, even nausea, 
that is literally just proof that you're shifting your energy and you're changing something within you. And you're like letting go of the stuck energy because we carry our emotions. We carry not just like physical tension and stress from like a poor posture or, you know, we did yard work all day. And so we're tense. We actually carry our physical emotions and, and stress in our bodies. And so breath work without even like identifying what, you know, you're holding on to, or it could be something from childhood, like a trauma or something you've experienced that your body literally just still is carrying around and hanging on to with breath work, especially those active and long experiences like you um, experienced literally releases the, that stuck energy. It's freaking powerful. It's so cool, but it does also can be a little uncomfortable and scary as you're moving through it. Also with breath work, you always have the control, right? You're the one breathing. So like in those moments of feeling like nauseous or lightheaded or whatever, you have full control to like slow it down or take a pause from doing that breath and coming back to it. But it is totally safe to breathe in that way. It's just not a way that we're used to breathing. <laughs> totally. I think sometimes when I think about breathing, I forget how to breathe. Yeah. You know, it's like an automatic thing that you do literally your entire life. And then the second you're thinking and putting awareness into your breath, but that's anything with spirituality. I mean, even intuition or it's like when you're overthinking it, that's when it doesn't flow. But it's cool that you facilitate people to connect and release these deep emotions through just breath. Yeah. Which is so powerful. So is there anything that um, you've released through breath work or some uh, experience you can share about doing breath work? And I love your eye. They can't see you, but you're like, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, what's a cool experience you can share? Because I've actually had friends that have like spoke to their spirit guides during breath work and gotten really good like manifestations coming in. So yeah, what what's a good story you want to share about breath work? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's so many. And I think oftentimes too, with breath work, you don't, it's not even like clear necessarily of what you're releasing, but like it it can, especially when you do longer, like 20, 30 or longer breath work experiences, like where you just cry or where you laugh or where you're like really fidgety and you can't stop moving. And it's again, that's literal proof of your body just trying to release this energy in some way. And so I remember early on, tears were just rolling on my face. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel super emotional in any way, but like tears were just coming out. And I remember asking, asking the mentor, the coach that was leading it, like, what, what, tell me all the things, like, what does that mean? And she's like, it's just your body's way of releasing energy in some form. So there's so many different ways to release it. And so in that experience, I didn't really identify specifically with what I was releasing, but then I've had others where I had just really crazy downloads, like even for the hype girl mentorship that I created, which I created during quarantine. And like quarantine for me was like, I totally dove straight in to myself. Like it was like a time for where I invested in myself in ways that I hadn't yet. And um, part of that was doing more uh consistent and more lengthy breath work things for my own healing and experience. And so I had just like really crazy downloads that came through of just these big visions and big ideas that I have for like how I'm showing up in the world. And I've also had somewhere I've connected to like my my brother-in-law who passed away a couple of years ago, just really cool visualizations and like conversations that I had with him of, you know, elements of things that I feel like we I I wanted to be able to communicate to him, but never had the chance. And it was like a moment where we had that. It just, I feel like I've had the full spectrum of like business downloads to like really emotional, beautiful conversations with people that have passed and to just a lot of energy releases without any sort of image or story behind it. Um, But I've kind of had the spectrum. How freaking powerful is that? Yeah, I'm happy you had those experiences. And I know other people would probably really benefit from breath work. You 
you've made me a believer now. <laughs> it's wild because I talk to dead people all day long, but it's like, oh, just breathe. And I'm like, mm, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And you can also start small. Like you can start small, right? Like you jumping into an hour of breath work is like, too much. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot, right? So there's ways to ease into it for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's how I feel about yoga too. I didn't give yoga like a good chance at first. And then I ended up buying a membership and I went to, this is before COVID. So unfortunately when COVID started, my practice kind of stopped, but I was doing like hot yoga and I really grew to love it. And I felt calmer and I felt more, I, I mean, I say calmer because as a man, Jen, I always have this like frenetic energy, but I feel like my most authentic self is very calm and isn't as like crackhead crazy energy, but doing yoga really did that. So I did develop like a, a real love for it, but I had to really let go of my conditioning around comparing myself to other people and other women. And, you know, just sometimes that class environment does lend to that. But a thing I love about you, like you developed a community that you do, you do breath work and you do these kettlebell exercises and you do meditations. And so you downloaded that. So what was that like seeing that to fruition and, and then really practicing it and bringing these women in? Uh, there, there like, are so few words to describe like how powerful it feels and how special it is. I also really want to quickly touch on that I love you for being hesitant and not feeling super connected to yoga, but continuing to try it. And I think, again, that's so common. We start it or we try it. We think, again, it's either too slow or I'm not as good or I, these people are doing headstands next to me and I can't do that. And so it's like a big turnoff and we walk away. But again, I can relate so much to your experience of just practicing yoga. And even now teaching yoga for me is like, I instantly go from like crazy, like space cadet all over the place brain to like, oh, I'm here right now. Like I'm, I'm actually here in this moment and present. And there's like nothing more beautiful of a gift you can give yourself to like slowing down in that way. And especially for us, if we're feeling like we're like constantly all over the place. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I relate to that fully. And I just applaud you for continuing to like go back and get to a point where it feels really really supportive. But as far as like, yeah, bringing all these elements together, it, it's been a journey. So I like started with kettlebell yoga, um, some like, like nutrition advice, meditations, journaling with that type of a course where I've always combined them all. Like again, after I had my little like wake up call, I was like, I can't just, just be a personal trainer and teach people how to use kettlebells. I can't just teach people how to do yoga. I can't just like to isolate them felt very, um, it felt irresponsible of me in terms of how I know those elements come out combining all of them has supported me. I felt like I want to inspire other people to test out how they can incorporate all these different elements into their life. And so it kind of started with those courses and then evolved into retreats and, you know, different workshops and things. And now with like the membership, it just, I truly want it to be I want these tools to be so accessible, right? Like you pop in, you get to support yourself, whether it's through meditation, a breath work, through yoga flow, maybe it's a mobility stretching and release flow, maybe it's a sweaty workout, and then pop out and, and just literally have shifted your energy and shifted your, your mood um, and supported yourself in some way. So it's been really powerful to witness the women going through that or the different um, workshops and retreats that I've led just because it's them empowering themselves. I always say like, I don't empower people like you empower yourself. I will sprinkle you with tools and with like some wisdom nuggets and some cheerleading, but like you're the one that empowers yourself and witnessing that in, in women is 
is like the greatest gift. The reason why I like got the ping to to bring you on one, just because I love your energy, but you were talking on your stories about like morning rituals and routines. And I think that's something that I would really love to talk about. So as far as like, do you do a morning routine every day or is it just sporadic? Like what's your deal? Yeah. <laughs> tell me everything. I'll tell you everything. Again, it's been a, a journey and I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different things, but right now I feel like my morning routine like 80 to 90% of the time is the same. And again, depending on what I'm needing that day or, you know, how I'm feeling, I adjust it. And mine, I will say is fairly extensive to what I would encourage people to do, but I just have like evolved to this. I know is what supports me the most, but I, I um, start my day with meditation and our breath work. And then I do some sort of movement, which can be a walk outside with my dog, or it could be, again, kettlebell workout, yoga, just rolling around on my yoga mat, stretching, like some sort of movement. And then I go into um, gratitude. And then what I consider future gratitude statements, so kind of more of this manifestation in the present moment type of statements. And then just any sort of journaling or reflection that I feel like I need to get out of my system. So I feel like I've filled myself up and like clarified my brain so that I can start my day. Um, But I would tell you like years ago, I didn't do that. Like I would roll out of bed at five minutes before I had to leave and go and teach my classes and then go, 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 go all day until I passed out at night. Um, And then even times from working from home when I transitioned and was fully working from home, I would roll out of bed and go right to my computer and start working. And so there was nothing there. And um, and then I was wondering like, why am I so tired all the time? Why can't I focus? Why do I have no motivation? It's like, I wasn't doing anything to fill myself up, right? Like I wasn't doing anything to, to actually activate any sort of, you know, brain juices or like happy vibes because I was just like on autopilot. Um, and so it's, it's a totally evolved and gratitude has been, that was the first thing when I was like, okay, I need to do something. It was my gratitude practice. And that's how I started where I just would write five things I'm grateful for every morning. Sometimes I did it right in the morning and right before bed. Um, and I did that consistently and that in and of itself shifted so much. There's so much information about how it actually really rewires our brain when we're, when we practice gratitude and it shifts the way that we see the world, right? It shifts our internal self, but also shifts how we see and perceive things. And that in and of itself can be like a total boost of, of life (laughs) for us. But that was how it started. And it's evolved to be a little bit more, a little bit more extensive now. I have so many follow-up questions. (laughs) Do you, okay. When do you set your alarm and then wake up or do you wake up and let yourself kind of flow into the breath work and then go to a designated, like I'm asking practical questions. (laughs) Like tell me what time you wake up. Do you do this in bed or do you do it in another room? Love, love all the questions. So I, I, they are, I've done both. I typically will roll out of bed um, and like literally right onto the floor next to my bed. When we lived in a smaller apartment, I literally put my yoga mat right next to my bed. Now I have a separate space and room, um, but I still on often roll out of my bed and sit up just so I don't fall back asleep. Cause there were times where I would like push the meditation and stay laying in bed. And then I was back asleep. Yeah. I, I ro- literally roll out of my bed. Like sometimes it's a literal like <laughs> rolling onto the floor um, and starting my meditation there to like, that is kind of my transition into, into my day. And sometimes it's in silence. Sometimes I pop on a guided meditation. Um, and then from there I move and do my movement elsewhere. Um, as far as the time that I get up, I 
again, that, that's, that changes. And I have a lot of flexibility just because I, you know, work from home and I can kind of do things as I, for the most part, depending on my schedule, but I usually wake up, like the alarm goes off about 10 minutes before I'm actually going to roll out of bed. So essentially I have like a second alarm. And I know that like, there's a lot of studies too, that say like, just get up on your first alarm. But I, I personally feel like I need that little, like transition into the day before I start anything. Otherwise I feel like it's too abrupt. <laughs> also, I mean, you are married. So is it difficult if like your husband's sleeping in to like motivate yourself to get up? Cause I find that sometimes with my partner. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. In short. Yes. Honestly, he's, he is a little bit of that crazy person where like, he'll get up on his first alarm. Um, not all the time, but sometimes, and I'm just like, whoa, like, where did this energy come from? Um, so that, that helps me get up obviously. Um, but yeah, if he's going to stay in bed, it's so hard to like be the first one out of bed. Absolutely. And I feel like when I have the flexibility, sometimes I will stay in bed. Like for my soul, that feels better than like rolling out of bed and starting my morning routine right when I need to. I want to talk to you briefly about something I'm really passionate about, which is awakening your intuition. And that's why I created a seven-day online course that reconnects you back to your highest self. And all of the information in it is channeled directly from spirit. The best thing about it is you can do the course on your own time and your own schedule. It's seven days of in-depth intuition lessons. You find out what kind of psychic you are. You break through subconscious obstacles and clear away what doesn't serve you. There's a really powerful third eye Activation that will wake up your channeling. And this course is truly for anyone who is ready to up-level, enlighten, and commit to their life. When your intuition is strong, you make amazing everyday decisions that really help you get aligned back to your purpose, back to your soul. If you want to hear more about it, head over to my website, spiritsis.com slash courses. You can read student testimonials and also take a really fun how intuitive are you quiz. It's time to see the magic in your own life. So my New Year's resolution uh, was to not have my phone in anywhere near my bed. But it's difficult because I think sometimes you just go on autopilot. And sometimes at the end of the day, scrolling feels kind of good Mm -hmm. because you're not thinking about anything. But you're also in taking so much energy, especially for me. I'm like taking – I can feel people's energy even if it's online. So I started to not have my phone with me in bed. And I noticed a crazy difference. But then it's like it's easy to kind of just be like, oh, I have an alarm on. Like I need to bring my phone back in. And then you fall back into that habit. So is there anything that you recommend for getting out of bad habits and then starting new ones with this morning routine? Yeah. First of all, I honor that and I fully support that. And that's something I have tried to do as well in terms of I I do use my phone as my alarm. And then like my phone is also, if I'm using a guided meditation, I'm doing it from my phone. So it is very much like right there. I tried to commit to, this was a couple of years ago, where the the whole first hour of my day, I am not checking anything, not checking social media or emails or responding to texts or anything. Um, Because I think so often, this is how we live our lives just in reactive mode. Like we roll out of bed and we start our day and then we have to react and respond to everything that's like thrown at us, messages, social media things, things in the news, our kids response to something like whatever it may be work. And so to me, this like morning routine, whatever it is, is the time where it's for you. It's a way to fill up and it's a way to like set your intention for the day and set like how you want to feel, whether or not you literally say like today I choose to feel, which is one of the things I do every day, but whether or not you do that, it's creating like this foundation for how you decide you're going to show up as opposed to 
deciding how you're going to show up based on how your day goes. It like gives you, it re you retain some more control and some power as you lead in, into your day. Um, so as far as back to your question about like, how do we break kind of bad habits or start new ones? In short, start so small, right? Like don't try to do what I do of like five different things in the morning. Um, <laughs> I think starting with, I always say whenever we're trying to add in a new habit, there's a few tips. One, we want to make it so stinking accessible and like so in your face that it's impossible to forget or to ignore. And so that could be, you know, setting an actual alarm to remind yourself to do something. It could be having your gratitude journal right next to your bed. It could be literally, maybe it's, I, I have one of the women I've worked with and coach, she decided to do her gratitude while she's brewing her coffee. So pairing it with something you already do every day. So like she always brews her coffee and normally she's just like standing there waiting or she's wandering around doing dishes or something. So she decided that while her coffee's brewing, that's her time to journal her her gratitude. So pairing it with something you're already doing or right before or after is really supportive. Um, as far as that, like first thing in the morning, I don't think your, your morning routine has to be that like, like mine, where I roll out of bed and start it. Like you can get up and, you know, get grooving. Maybe you jump into the shower and that's the first thing you typically do. And then like finding some sort of space and again, starting so small. So deciding for you, what do you feel like would fill yourself up most? Would it be movement? Would it be just some, some silence, some journaling? Would it be doing gratitude? Is it making your to-do list and then just, just deciding, okay, I'm today I'm showing up with this energy. Today I choose to feel this way. And there's obviously other options too, like sitting outside, just drinking your coffee in silence is totally a meditation of its own. So deciding what that looks like for you, picking it and making it small and then figuring out a way to make it so in your face. Like if it's you want to do movement, can you put your yoga mat right next to your bed? Or can you have your outfit sitting out for you, um, like ready to go? And can you pull up, maybe there's a certain workout you're going to do from online somewhere. And can you have that like already chosen the night before? So there's no... There's nothing like, oh, I got to search for my workout or my meditation the next day. And then while you're clicking to search, you get distracted by social media and then it doesn't happen, right? So like, what are the different steps you can do to make it so accessible and so like smack it in your face? Like you can't miss it. It's so true because we're very visual beings. And when you see it, it reminds you of, oh yeah, I need to do that. And then we also have so many other things that we get <laughs> sidetracked when we see, like you said, like social media, something will pop up or whatever. And I actually have been doing gratitude journals for, again, same as you, like about five years. And I even had like a, a, I think it was called like morning pages or it was like an actual booklet. But now I've kind of like developed my own practice. But it's, you know, every now and then I'll just get really busy and I'll for forget. And it's noticeable in my day how, like you said, reactive I am, you know, emotional I'll get, how I'm not holding space for myself. I feel resentful. Mm -hmm. And resentful towards myself or resentful towards others when they're just literally asking me a question. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone asked me a question, but it's in the end of the day, it's like, I haven't taken time for myself. So I'm feeling resentful to give energy out when I haven't nourished myself yet. So it is beautiful, but I will say like getting back into the routine of doing it, um, of doing gratitude every day, the first couple of weeks, I would just write something that I, an affirmation that I really wanted to happen. And it did happen every day. I want to sell one course. I want to have a good conversation with a friend. And it was just so simple. It was just setting the intention. But it's funny, like I, you just notice the difference in your frequency when you do that. Absolutely. I fully agree. And it's, it, I also being an emotional authority, like my husband will be the first to call me out and be like, 
what is what is going on? Like, do you need to go do your breath work or meditate or move? Like, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you kind of cut it short today, or I missed it, or whatever. But like, it it totally shifts. It shifts just like your whole energy, right? And and I don't just mean like if I'm energized or or tired. I mean like the way that you show up for yourself, the way you interact with people, the way that you hear and receive and perceive things. Like it shifts everything. And I think again that there's a lot of different noise out there about morning routines, which is a beautiful thing that this the stuff we're talking about. Um, but I think also just giving the reminder and the permission slip to people to decide what works for you and even try do a little trial and error and see what actually fulfills you. Like maybe you know, doing movement first thing in the morning actually is a hard no. Like you can't get yourself out of bed to move for the life of you. And so doing something a little bit less physical is really what supports you. Beautiful. There's no perfect morning routine. There's no right or wrong. Um, But yeah, it totally impacts how you show up for the day and how you feel. Absolutely. I agree. I love that you just talked about the flexibility in it because I think even hearing how other people are doing their morning routines, I feel intimidated because there are sometimes, especially if you know anyone listening is a non-sacral being and they don't have that like energy when they wake up. I mean, it, they just might want to lay in bed or, or I just want to reiterate the way you honor yourself is going to look different, right? And it's different every day, mm-hmm. but let's circle this back to self-love. If you literally spend five minutes, even if it is just breathing or journaling a morning page or getting up and even brewing your coffee and stepping outside and putting your feet in the grass, right? That is an act of self-love that no one else can give to you. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe self-love? Self-love is, to me at least, is total awareness. Like it's being aware of where you're at, like we live, we, most of us live from our neck up, right. Just in our brains. And so like dropping into your body in some way, or even just like physically, like I mentioned before, in terms of how to ease into yoga, like physically just checking in with your body, checking in with, you know, what you're worrying about. If you're worrying about something, thinking about like, okay, I'm feeling really tired and just being curious, like just the starting with this awareness. And then also having this element of acceptance because it's not complacency of like, like, oh, I'm feeling really tired. So I might as well just like not do anything today. And I'll continue to like stay in this tired state. Of course, you have every per- my permission to do that on certain days where it feels right. But if it's a state that you don't desire to be in, you get to be aware and you get to accept, okay, this is just where I'm at right now. Like I'm feeling super cuckoo brain right now. I'm feeling super overwhelmed or I'm feeling really lethargic. And you're just accepting like, this is where I'm at right now, right? There is no shame. There's no judgment. There's no nothing. To me, that's total self-love. And then the last step is like this, this bit of action of like, okay, so what's going to support me? So I have this awareness of where I'm at. I'm accepting that this is where I'm at right now. And then the last element would be like action. So what can I do that's going to make me feel good? And it might be, I'm feeling freaking tired. And so I'm going to go lay and take a nap, or I'm going to go um, lay and watch my favorite movie or whatever that may be. Other days, it might be like, I got a lot of things to do and I'm feeling really tired. So maybe that's doing a motivation breath work, right? Or maybe that's going outside and getting some vitamin D and getting some sunshine on your skin and and walking and doing a walking meditation or listening to a podcast that you love. Um, So something that's going to like, I always talk about disrupting your energy state. So once you are aware of where you're at, if that's not going to continue to support you, how can you disrupt that? Because energy can't be created or destroyed, right? We just like, it shifts from one thing to the other. So if you're feeling lethargic, what's something that can help shift you out of that if that's what you feel 
like is going to support you the best. So this like awareness, acceptance, and action, it's kind of a cheesy way to describe self-love, but to me, that's that encompasses self-love. And then ultimately it's this like free, no judgment zone. And you're showing up again as it suits you, as it feels good. Not because Susie down the street is doing, she's meditates in her yard or, you know, whoever is doing something else. It's, and it's not just the self-care stuff either. It's not just face masks. It not, it's not just getting a massage. Although I fully support all of those. And those are lovely that self-love is like so much deeper, right? It's like a, it's like true honoring the good, the bad, the ugly, like honoring your wounds, honoring those shadows, honoring, your dreams and your visions and where you're headed without like, you know, fear of what people are going to think. If you go for that big goal, it's like honoring all of this magic and all parts of you, because that is who you are and being able to show up in a way that supports that as opposed to the external pressures or the ways that maybe you're, you're being told that you need to support yourself. It's like getting really true to to what you need, which you so beautifully help support people in and just in dropping into their intuition, which I think is a huge, huge element of, of being able to practice self-love is to know what your body, soul, mind needs. And you can't really do that unless you slow down and, and hone, hone your intuition. Yeah. And it's beautiful, the balance between listening and receiving and then doing, right? You just said it beautifully, like there's an action involved. And complacency is death. Like, you know, if you're not growing and evolving, you're you're dying, as Tony Robbins likes to say. But it's true. I mean, it's it's like complacency. It, it, it gets easy to feel in those lows. It feels easy to not be motivated or or just say, oh, okay, well, you're settling with something. But the second you just honor yourself just a bit and just go on that walk if you didn't feel like it or move your body just a little bit or write one sentence. It shifts. Your energy shifts so easily. So it is It is a simple task and sometimes feels very daunting to do that action. But once you're receiving and you get the intuitive message of what you need to do, you just got to do it. And that's honestly honoring your soul in the highest regard. Mm. You know, like it truly is. But sometimes it's hard to wrap your, like you said, living from the neck up. I love that because your brain is like, oh, I don't want to do that. And oh, if, if I take a walk, will I be back in time for this? And then I have to feed my dog. And this, it's like, you know, you think about all those like material things. But at the end of the day, we are souls in these, you know, meat suits. Mm-hmm. And our souls need self love and self care more than anything. And that action is, you can do it. Like you, you can so do it. You can so do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I mean, this is a, uh, one of the two practices that I use is really basic, but on the moments that I'm not wanting to do this, and this also goes for me when it when it comes to like setting a boundary or speaking something out loud that I'm feeling hesitant to, I literally do a five, four, three, two, one countdown in my head. Like I count it down and I, on one, I, for whatever reason that works for me, like on one, I'm like, okay. I'm going to start speaking what I feel like I need to say, or I'm going to roll out of bed and get up, or I'm going to shut my computer and go outside like this, that little countdown. But obviously I get that some people might be like, that won't work, but I, it really helps. No, that's actually cool. I used to be a kindergarten teacher and used to go like three, two, one. And by one, it's like they, if they weren't sitting down, it was like, okay. But that's really funny. It's almost like you're training your brain by, by one. I think for me, I remember a couple of years ago, I was just in a very low place and I remembered reading the self-help book, but they suggested taking yourself out on a date. Mm, I love it. <laughs> I was like, this is weird and hokey and, you know, like I don't want to eat by myself in a restaurant. That sounds weird. And then I took my journal 
and brought like my favorite music and some headphones and I took myself out to dinner and it ended up being one of my favorite things I do and I do it all the time. And it's just sitting in your own aura. You never know who's going to sit next to you, who you're going to talk to. I've gained a lot of friends this way. But in general, I took that that action of just sitting down and it was a dedicated time to journal. But I think that there's self-love practices that can come in so many different modalities. Taking a walk, doing movement, taking yourself on a date, bubble bath, right? <laughs> yes, I love that. And I think, again, just with with the quarantine and and being in lockdown, so many of us had to like get real close and personal with ourselves. Right? It was the first time that we had this, we didn't have as many outside distractions from our go and do and all these things because everything was shut down. And I think that was really scary for a lot of people. And so I, I love the idea of, of going, taking yourself on a date, right? That's just another way to like honor and reconnect to yourself. Like we are so disconnected from ourselves these days because it's constantly, we're being bombarded with different stimuli and our, our phones and all of that. And so I love that that's a total act of self-love is like literally taking yourself on a date and it, like bringing I and mean, having that designated time. Maybe that's your time to journal or do gratitude, or maybe that's your time to just like brainstorm your crazy dream house or like, you know, whatever visions you want to do. But I think that is so, so beautiful. Yeah. I think too, you know, the love languages, Yeah, you know, there's like the five love languages. I was just thinking about how mine is words of affirmation and quality time. And then I go and take myself out for a quality time date. And then I write write down things that like I love or, or that I'm doing, or I can even write a love letter to myself. That's another self-care thing I've done. But I guess if you're, if you're like love language is example, like gifts, then get yourself a gift. If it's physical touch, get yourself a massage or maybe self-massage with like lotion or oils. I'm just thinking like right now in the moment of all these ways that we can love ourselves and they can be different than what you do or what, like you said, Susie down the street, which I love. I hope one of us has a neighbor named Susie, (laughs) but you know, it's like, we can all do this practice and it can be different. And I also want to add to that is like, regardless of what you choose that like fills your heart up and, you know, is appropriate for what you feel like you need. If you show up with intention and you're choosing to do it because you are you're trying to give yourself this act of love or you sense that you're being a little like flighty and you want to ground yourself so you do a meditation that supports you, the more we can be aware and have this intention, it's even more powerfully like integrated into our beings and our our bodies are like so much freaking smarter than our brains. And so when we can really tap into the experience and how it feels when we're doing those self-love practices and like really soaking it in and receiving that massage or that the beautiful bubble bath or the essential oils or the movement and being playful and not stressing about like if we're doing it right or that we did more reps last time. Like if we could really just absorb and be in the moment and being like understanding that we are showing up for ourselves and it's a beautiful thing, we will like we will reap those benefits tenfold as opposed to just going through the motions and checking things off. One of the women I coach, she did gratitude right, every day and worked out every day. And then we had a conversation about how she's not actually present. She's literally going through the motions to just check it off, but like she's not actually getting the same benefit. It doesn't feel like she's being supported or feeling um, as fulfilled or energized from it because it becomes a, it's become a chore as opposed to this act of like 
nourishing yourself. You just said something that hit so home, presence, because a perfect example is right before we got on the call, I actually had this weird allergy, which we talked about. (laughs) It's bizarre. And I felt really, really sick, but I still wanted to have this conversation. And I was running around kind of just trying to like, not running, slowly walking through, trying to set up for this call. And I was like, oh, I didn't do my gratitude this morning. And I ran to my gratitude journal and I just basically scribbled and I felt like it was a chore. So I think that is such like a really important thing you said that I think listeners, you should definitely take away is when you're doing these things, or even if you are like just sitting in bed and you're taking a couple of five minutes, right, to enjoy your own aura and your own thoughts, like don't think about what's next. Think about your breath and what's happening in that moment. So presence is everything when you're doing those things. So thanks for saying that because that was actually an aha moment that I needed to hear right now in this, in this like day. Mm, I'm so glad. I think about self-care and self-love. I think about astrology because I think learning about who you are and why you are the way you are and your modalities. So I was looking at your chart and I was so curious like where and why you feel the need to like really hone in on your self-love journey. And you are a Libra rising, which literally is ruled by Venus, which is all about love. And it's sitting in your fourth house in Capricorn, which basically means doing self-love and self-care in a structured way at home is the best way you can give love to yourself and to others. Oh my gosh. How cool is that? That's awesome. It's so cool. And it was before we even popped on the call, I was thinking about I shared this with you about how all of the signs, I was like, you know, Libra is a lot of embodiment of self-love in a lot of ways because it's ruled by Venus. But I was like, I wonder if she's got Libra in her chart. And like, sure enough, you're a Libra rising, which also is very um, like therapy coach based. Like a lot of Libra risings are really good at coaching other people into their own self-love. So you're on the exact right path of what you need to do. That feels so good to hear. <laughs> I love it. And having your Capricorn in the fourth house, that's all structure and um, like discipline, right? So you probably, your routine and having that like structure every morning is like absolutely perfect for your chart. Mm, that's That took me a long time to be okay with structure because I'm very much like freedom. I want freedom. I want to be able to do what I want when I want. Like, I don't want to have to be tied down to a structure, but I realize when I have some structure, I actually feel more free. So that was a really big shift for me. And it, it does feel really supportive when I'm, when I have certain things in place like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, you have a Pisces stelium. So like having freedom is one thing, you know, like le- leaning into your self-love and, and your flow is very important for Pisces, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then you have this like Capricorn I see that's telling you like, no, I think I need a routine as well. And then your midheaven is in cancer, which means teaching other people. You know, cancer is the teacher and the nurturer and loving and honoring your intuitive gifts in everything. So that's like so funny that Capricorn I see at the bottom of your chart is grounding you and keeping you structured when in real life and when you're going to coach people, it's all about that like fluidity there. That's so cool. So that's displayed in your chart. That's yeah. so beautiful. Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Of course. I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit off air too because you have a Jupiter return coming. Oh. That's going to be a huge deal. Oh, boy. Deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate everything you shared about your your practices and how to tap into your energy and self-love and self-care. And 
I just really appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. I love you so much. And it's been so fun to have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. And I want to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Kristen, who introduced us. Yes. Love Kristen. She's the best. <laughs> so I want you to talk about, you know, bef- before we, we end about your hype hub and how listeners can engage with you and all of your beautiful services you mm, offer. Yeah. So I, I hang out mostly on Instagram at boopbod, B-O-O-P-B-O-D. That's kind of where I share all the everything that's going on, whether it's retreats or the next mentorship program. And then the Hype Hub is also linked there. And that is, as we've kind of talked a lot about, it's your self-love membership. There's different libraries. There's libraries of breathwork for every desired like mood or emotion. Um, There's meditations all guided of varying lengths. Some that are like as little as five minutes. Others are more like 20 minutes. You can pick and choose. There's a whole flow uh, library with yoga flows and mobility flows. Again, varying degrees of like experience level and time. And the same thing with uh, the sweat category, which is like kettlebell workouts, banded workouts, dumbbell workouts, no equipment workouts. You just have always access to all these libraries to literally pop in choose one, support yourself how you want and pop out. And all the info again is is through the link in my Instagram bio. And the first 14 days, you can try it out totally free and just see if it supports you before committing. And I, it's, $22 a month. So super affordable. I really want it to be so accessible. I want people to be able to literally have access to all of these magical tools that I know have supported me and other women I've worked with. So that's kind of the deets on that. And then um, I also lead a Hype Girl Mentorship. It's a 12-week program. So if you're feeling like you want one-on-one love or one-on-one coaching and really stepping into like your your magic. The next round will be in September, but I will certainly be posting more about that on my Instagram page as well. Gosh, cool. What a steal. $22 a month to tap into self-love and self-care. Beautiful. Thank you for your beautiful energy, your impactfulness with that manifestor vibe and your kind empathetic vibes with your Piscean and your (laughs) (laughs) You guys go check Go check M out, Boop Bod. It is so stinking cute. I also love that name, Boop Bod. Where did you think of that? Or was it just like? No, it's kind of random. I, I was. It was like in the age of like the bikini bods and the jack bod, and I was like so anti that. And so I was like, what's a way? Like I like the bod because it's about the, the, your whole body, right? Your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual body. But I was, it was actually a game I played when I was little with my dad, this game called Boop. And I was like, let's just roll with it. It's like fun, simple, like not taking things too seriously. And then since I've created a Boop method, which is like this four, systematic four-step approach to treat, reprogramming and stepping into your power and all of that. But initially it started as just kind of like a funny take on not being the what was was everywhere, like bikini bod or this certain type of bod. It's like, it's a Boop bod. Like, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm so happy I asked that question because like I've wondered and every time I see you pop up, I'm like, boop. It's like so cute. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, this has been such a pleasure talking to Boop Bod M. <laughs> and you guys know where to find me. Uh, you can find me on the gram at spirit underscore sis, or you can go to my website, spiritsis.com and see all of my services and offerings there. And for the rest of the day, I just want to encourage you to take a few minutes to yourself and just honor whatever you're feeling and do that self-love, that self-care, whatever is going to make you feel present and in the moment. And I look forward to hearing how it goes. I love you guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye.